0: Welcome to the Axe and Anvil podcast, a discussion of craft between blacksmith Jordan Goodwin and filmmaker Bo Schultz. Join us as we travel around to talk with skilled craftsmen and learn from their adventures.
1: So we're here in Middle Tennessee once again, somewhere out in the woods with uh, Greg Murray. And Greg is a uh, gun maker, long rifle builder, um, and dabbles in a lot of other art forms, mediums. And uh, we got a tour of his shop earlier, and now we're going to sit down and talk guns, craftsmanship, all of that. And I think we're hopefully going to get into your Crockett project, Crockett Rifle project. Sounds good good to me. So... Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thanks again for spending the time. Yeah, it's good having and, you here. Uh, it's good to get together and, yeah. and sit down and talk. It's been a
2: long time since we've uh, been face to face. You were uh,
1: how old the first time we met? I have no idea. I was <laughs> somewhere between 6 and 10 probably the last and only time we met. So. And that,
2: and that, but it stuck
1: with me. <laughs> and it stuck
2: with me too, for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's That's funny so so how did you get in well first of all i mean were there any other like hands-on i'm I'm imagining you you've been kind of a handy person all of your life so Mm -hmm. where did guns come into the picture and engraving and all of the other stuff so
2: well uh interesting you you say that must have been handy all of my life and the answer to that actually is no okay um I didn't discover that I was an artist and a rifle maker till I was in my 40s. Uh I'm uh I managed horse farms. I was a, a groom. My first real job was grooming horses in the the uh, the horse industry in the uh late 60s early 70s. Um I was I was very handy with animals and, and that sort of thing. Uh I was in the printing trade, I painted houses, I did landscaping, lawn care, I did all kinds of stuff. Um, but I didn't realize I was an artist and a craftsman until 1991. So that would have put me in my uh, 40s. Wow.
1: Uh, now see, I just gotta interrupt and just say, yeah. like, this this is really intriguing to me because mm. that's one thing I'm really passionate about is like, is is like i know there's more people like that out there whether they're 15 20 45 60 that have the potential and they've just it's just never been quite woken up never surfaced yeah and um, yeah yeah so 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 just just getting people to get their hands dirty and and try stuff and run with it and even if it's even if they're not good at it to start with but anyway yeah, Sorry. you never know what's hiding <laughs> in.
2: you never know what's hiding in you. <laughs> right, you know when I had my shop in Leapers Fork, um, in in conversations on many occasions, people would say, "Oh, I can't even draw a straight line. I'm not an artist. I'm so envious." Dada, da, da, you know, and that conversation always occurred. And and my answer to that has always been. You never know what's hiding inside of you. I didn't realize I was a gunmaker, craftsman, artist till I was in my forties, and and that for a lot of people that's kind of been an aha moment. And yeah, and, and I, I hope that some of those people that went on and we parted ways, you know, found that thing that was hiding inside of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what brought it out? And uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I, I was man. I was managing a uh, thoroughbred hunter jumper polo farm. Uh, I was I was into that for about six years. Uh, My oldest son was nine years old. I was going to introduce him to firearm safety and a friend of mine who owns Owl Hollow gun club invited us out to to come to the gun club. We knew each other from church and uh, so Alex and I went to the, to the gun club, Charlie introduced uh, Alex to, you know, gun safety and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I knew guns when I was a kid. I, had all, I did all that stuff when I was a kid. But uh, Charlie helped me introduce Alex and uh, he pulled out a flintlock rifle and was showing it to us. And that was my first introduction to the muzzle loading world. And he gave us a tour through the house and his target pistols and a lot of his guns because he was a world-class competitor. And uh, at that point, I had no idea that any of this existed. Uh, And so Alex, he loved his experience. And I called some gun makers and their prices were too high. Their time was two years booked and uh, I wanted to have a gun made for Alex for Christmas. And I thought to myself, well, why don't I just round up a chunk of wood and some parts and, and see if I can't, you know, hack out a gun for Alex for a Christmas present. And uh, so that was the beginning of my career as um, a gun maker.
1: That's, that's crazy. So how did that first one go?
2: Pretty good. That's it right there. <laughs> that's it right there. Look that's at that. it right there. That's number one. That. Yeah, yeah. That's number one. Uh, 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 I bought the. I bought all the components. Uh, the The stock was actually a pre-shaped stock, and uh, uh, with a little help, uh, Don Eads, who owned uh, uh, Muzzle Loader Builder Supply in Franklin, uh, he sold me the parts and uh, gave me some direction as to how to go about it. and I finished it. Uh, It turned out pretty good. Uh, My employer, he he thought that was pretty cool and asked me to build one for him. And then a friend of his, and then a friend of his, and uh, 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 a good friend of mine, he was seeing what I was was doing, and he came to me one day and said, uh, Greg, I, I think there's something in you that you may not have known that you have, and I'm gonna, I'm, I want to hire you to, to build uh, me a, ri- a rifle. And at that time, he put down a pretty good chunk of change, and I built my fourth rifle. When it was done, I took it to Charlie and his father, Charlie Sr., who was a very uh, accomplished uh, historian of the American long rifle. Uh, We sat down and he looked at it and, and and he said, Greg, nobody that has ever been taught builds such an accurate architectural rifle as this. He said, now, I don't believe in reincarnation. <laughs> but if I did, you are definitely a reincarnated famous rifle maker because nobody builds number four and has it so nicely done. And wow. at that point it was like an aha moment for me, you know that wow, I guess that, so. that, that, that's you know that was my new direction in life.
1: So, did you, so from there, did you become a full time gunmaker? I, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we,
2: we, we remained at the farm. Uh, I managed this farm for ten years, and uh, there was a transition that the wheels were falling off of my position at the farm. Um,
1: Too much and, time spent gunmaking, or no,
2: no, <laughs> there was uh, there were
1: a lot of.
2: Intricate elements that uh, <laughs> to those relationships. That, that, yeah, yeah, we yeah. We, <laughs> we needed to head down the road. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, so in the process, yeah, I was building guns, and uh, we ended up having to leave the farm. Uh, at that point, we were destitute. I had sixty-five dollars in my pocket. I had no place to go. Two kids. My wife was a homeschooler. Um, And uh, a friend of mine owned this house that we're living in now that was just a train wreck of a place. And uh, he rented it to us. I uh, threw up four walls for a little shack out back and continued making guns. We moved into the house. Uh, I took on part-time. I painted houses, did you know, landscaping, lawn mowing, bush hogging, anything I could do to, you know, wow. to, you know, try to squeak together, the fill, in the, yeah, gaps. fill in the gaps, <laughs> and yeah. continued making my guns, we were starving to death. Um, that was a, that was about 11, 14 years of starving, developing my skills as a gun maker, My wife was scared to death. She was my biggest supporter. Um, And we- Throughout all of that? Throughout all of that. She must be quite a gem. She is, (laughs) man. I mean, her, she, and, and fortunately, her mother and father were more of a parent to me than my literal parents. And they saw the skill that I had. And they, they helped us along the way to survive uh, because her father, Milt, uh, saw this and he was a big supporter. So we had, we had a lot of help, you know? You know, that old saying, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Yeah, everybody needs help.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, what a story, Yeah. what a a story.
2: Interesting road.
1: What a story.
2: So, uh, yeah, and there's more to that if you want me to continue. All of it. Yeah. Um, All of it. So, um, you know, I was building rifles here. I was bush hogging farms. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was working on a particular farm. And uh, I did uh, an antique show in Leapers Fork. Uh, And in the process of that, I got to know uh, Bruce and Marty Hunt, uh, who were kind of the mayors of Leapers Fork, which at that time was a nothing little village. Uh, Marty had an antiques store, and I approached her of can I come into your place on the weekends and set up a little rifle making corner uh, and help you open and close and all that sort of stuff and I won't be any trouble, I, you know. And she says, oh yeah, that'd be great. So I moved into her place in the corner. Uh, helped her open and close, had my little corner with my rifle making bench and my tools and people would come in and we would chat and it wasn't about two weeks. A uh, guy came in and placed an order for a custom gun. Um, I finished his gun. Uh, in about eight months another guy came in he put down some good money and uh, commissioned me for a real nice gun. Uh, And when I was about halfway through that, the the guy that owned the piece of property across the street offered a corner part of that building for me to expand my rifle making. And I moved into there and it was a nice little shop. I, I built four or five guns when I was in that space. A year later, the middle section of the building came open. So I acquired the middle section of that building and ended up being the premier place in Leapers Fork that people from all over the world, when they would come to Nashville for conferences, they had to come to Leapers Fork to hear, to see this gun maker. Uh, And I ended up uh, uh, landing commissions of $75,000 for a custom gun that ended up, we ended up taking it to the Firearms Engravers Guild in reno nevada among the world's best gun makers and engravers wow. and won an award um, and so you know uh, the process has, has transformed into this farm manager not knowing he was a skilled craftsman of course given the gift by god and uh developing into um uh, being one of the premier gun makers, uh, in in the country, wow! It's been it's been an interesting journey. Wow. Humbling.
1: Yeah. 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 That is that is really really cool. So, do you have any idea? I'm I'm sure everybody asks asks this, but do you have any idea how many guns? you've made now have you you kept track or not Uh, i
2: i you know being i'm dyslexic i'm 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 terrible numbers dyslexic. yeah yeah numbers dates names uh i'm a train wreck (laughs) i I, i've tried to keep as close records i i say maybe 100 125 maybe
1: that's very cool yeah i i think there's um i like numbers but i'm kind of the same way it's like I, i like them but at the same time i don't yeah. in in practicality. Yeah. But um I think there I like to make the argument for myself that like there's something to just being so focused on doing a good job. Yeah. That you're not really
2: counting. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whether it's hours or <laughs> Yeah. whatever as long as as yeah. long as the family gets fed and <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing, you know. Oh, I like that. How yeah.
2: you know, how many hours did it take you to do that? At? I don't have a clue. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It'll be done in eight months uh, and here's yeah, the bill. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. When I get a commission, I always say, there's no guarantee in when this gun's going to be made, yeah. completed. I guarantee it'll be finished. And, and you'll you, like it. And you're going to like it, but I cannot <laughs> guarantee you when it's going to be
1: finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us tell us a bit about um, this pet project of yours with the Crockett guns. Yeah, the Crockett, the Crockett gun. <laughs>
2: Man, you know, um, how many how many times in a lifetime do you have the opportunity of one of the most rare finds to land in your lap? You know, it's 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 like how does this happen? So, I have my studio in Leapers Fork. Uh, Rick Warwick, who's the historian of Williamson County, a wonderful man. Um, he and I got to be real close, and in the process of building my brick-and-mortar there, uh, Rick helped me with uh, antique stuff to trick it out, you know, to make it a museum kind of place. Uh, after I was there for a, a year or so, Rick walks in the door, he says, I have someone you need to meet. I said, yeah, okay, Who, who's that? He says, uh, she is a direct descendant of Lieutenant Andrew Crockett. I have no clue who Lieutenant Andrew Crockett was. Okay, who's Lieutenant? He said, Ford Seat. Okay, who's Ford Seat? I have no idea who Ford Seat is. So Rick explains to me the history of the Crockett rifles in Brentwood, Tennessee. Even then, I didn't realize the depth of it. All I knew was that. He was a connection historically to David Crockett. So I got the telephone number. I called the lady. We had a conversation, and she said, Mr. Murray, I don't want anybody to see the rifle. Please, please, you know, don't, don't call me. You know, I don't just, ask. <laughs> just don't ask. And I said, fine, not a problem. I, I was really disappointed because Rick told me if there's an opportunity to see this rifle, it's going to be a really big historic thing. And so 14 years pass. My father had died. I closed my business. I was having health issues. I lost the feeling in my hands. I, I, I my rifle making career was uh, closing down. I I was contemplating retirement. I shut the door. I, t- I stopped taking orders and uh, the phone rings, it's Rick Warwick. Greg, would you like to have a conversation with the lady about the Crockett rifle? Well, yeah. Well, the original contact had passed away. Her daughter inherited the Crockett rifle and all the documentation, and they wanted to make arrangements to, to meet with me and continue that first phone call with her mother. So we got together for coffee, everything went really well. We had a great conversation, we hit it off real well. Uh, we made arrangements for them to come to the shop with the original rifle and some of the documentation. And we sat down and she lays the, the rifle on the on my bench and with, with the documentation and, and I'm looking at the rifle, we're having the conversation and the original signature of S&AC on the top flat and I realized that I'm sitting here holding this documentation, this historic piece that was, you know, I knew, I knew that it was, you know, significant. But at that moment I really didn't realize the full significance of it. So we ended the meeting. They, they took the rifle home and um, we made arrangements for them to come back to disassemble the rifle to see what could be hun- hiding under the bottom, you know, the bottom flat of the barrel. We're sitting at the bench, we take the, the barrel out of the wood, lay the, the wood over and turn the barrel over and on the breech is number 11, on the muzzle is number 19, and in the middle is a letter C. So we have the run, number 19, the date, 1811, and a letter C. So we have S and A, C with a maker's mark. We have the date and the number of the run, plus another letter C of documenting Crockett. I mean, I had chill bumps, I just I get chill bumps now, just talking about running up and down my body they realized, we realized, that this was much more significant than ever. So put the gun all back together. Um, uh, We recognized it needed some restoration and and we make arrangements for the restoration. I did the restoration on the rifle. They were very happy with it. And of course, restoration on something that significant has to be correct. You know, you, you have to be really careful. Um the restoration's finished. she commissions me to make two reproductions, and after the two reproductions are finished, she commissions me to make several more and At that point, our relationship was you know really good we We had a good working relationship and uh they gave, uh, they gave me permission to add this to my portfolio and my business to make as many as, you know, people want to buy, you know, purchase. Uh, and uh, they get a percentage of the sale. And, and uh, so now at this point, I've uh, delivered 14 reproductions. Um, and in that process, uh, another direct descendant of Lieutenant Andrew Crockett's surfaces. We all have a meeting together, and he has two originals that came out of Ford C. So now we have three identical architecture. All three of them are done in cherry wood. They're all signed SNAC with the maker's mark. Two of them were made in 1811. One of Mary's is number 19 and the other is number 14 with the letter C and the other one that was never converted to percussion that's still a flint, it was made in 1823, number 75, which indicates that they were making a large volume of runs, so it was probably 75 of 100. And then, of course, the documentation that we have now of the four photographs of the, the lever hammer or the trip hammer, whichever you want, a water wheel hammer, the pit and their uh, uh, remaining of their foundation clearly documents they were making large volumes of guns. So, you know, how often does that land
1: yeah, that's really in cool. a
2: craftsman's
1: lap? Yeah. You know it's now what was Blows the, my mind. you mentioned earlier something about um, the some documentation connecting their gun making with some of their rifles with Andrew Jackson. Uh, yeah. So,
2: Yeah, in, in the estate, uh, in the original estate, um, the owner, the descendants, they have kept all of the documentation. They never threw anything away. And in the closing of the estate, an original, uh, order from Andrew Jackson of uh, making rifles surfaced. And uh, there are four other forms of documentation that gave the federal park systems, um, the appro- they approved a, a monument to be erected at Timberland Park on Natchez Trace. Documenting that Andrew Jackson stopped at Ford Seat uh, for rifles, uh, so we have uh, Samuel the Elder, who made rifles at Chiswell, Virginia. Uh, his water-powered hammer uh, produced large volumes, and his rifles were used at defending defenders of Fort Chiswell. Um, the Battle of King's Mountains documented that. Crockett rifles were at, were at King Mountain, um, the defenders of Fort Nashboro. And then we also have that documentation that Andrew Jackson picked up rifles on his way to New Orleans. And then we plus we have the remainder of the forge at Forge Seat. Um, and then being on uh, the real feather in the cap is being uncles and cousins to David Crockett. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another element of the of the historic find
1: and and you were also telling me that the the famous portrait by john chapman right. which was done from life if i remember yes right. it he was, was a, yes yeah a from life portrait of davy crockett right. david crockett yeah he's holding this rifle right tell tell us a little bit about the rifle
2: yeah yeah that 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 portrait um and, and in the process of this Crockett rifle falling in my lap and, and doing all the research and the work and going, going to shows and, and collectors and everyone, you know, scratching their head, you know, saying, man, why did we never know this? Um, in the process, I, I came across the, the portrait of, of David Crockett and ordered a, a print and I'm putting it and comparing And looking at the rifle that David's holding, historians have always said that that rifle he's holding for that portrait is just a prop rifle.
1: Just assumed that. Just
2: assumed that. It's always been assumed it was just a prop rifle because everybody has assumed that David preferred highly embellished guns. Well, in the process of restoring three originals that came out of Ford Seat, in doing the reproductions, and doing all the research and now we have three originals side by side with the portrait of the rifle that David's holding in his hand. It was clear that that rifle he's holding is a rifle that came out of Ford seat, and it only stands to reason. Uncles, cousins, Middle Tennessee, David Crockett certainly carried rifles that came out of Ford Seat. So we end up finding the memoirs of the painting of David Crockett, which is like 23, 28 pages in length. And in the first page, the third chapter, the last sentence says David Crockett uh, holding his rifle, not a rifle, David Crockett holding his rifle for the portrait by Chapman. And then when you compare the architecture, it's clear that rifle that he's holding is a rifle that was made at Ford C. Now, where it is today, that's anybody's. Right, yes, right. You know, and we, and, and I got to make it very clear. We are not claiming that any three of the originals that we have were David Crockett's personal right. rifle.
1: No way to know.
2: No, no, you can't document.
1: Could that. be. <laughs> it's possible. Never know. Could be. <laughs> and he had some highly embellished guns, didn't he? That were presentations yeah, 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 or whatever that he got later on right, in life. You're
2: right. Yeah, there are four guns that, that have claim of D, being David Crockett's personal rifle. One, the most acclaimed is is at the uh, uh, Knoxville, the museum in, in in Knoxville. However, the documentation on that being David Crockett's rifle is pretty weak at best in my opinion there's not a maker's name on the gun there's not a date there's not a number the only date that's on that gun is the date that's engraved on the patch box and gun makers never engraved on the patch box a, a date or a name to indicate when that gun was made It has all the architecture that fits a description of a rifle that David made in a letter. But it doesn't have any documentation on it that ties those two together. So in the presentation that is made by the owner of that gun, he also has to use wording that it's substantial, but there's not not a real paper trail. There aren't any markings. The other rifle that has documentation is a rifle that was presented to David that he never used. There's another rifle that's at the Alamo. There's some documentation, but it's also weak at best. The rifles that have surfaced from Ford C are the only rifles in American history that have clear documentation of a Crockett rifle making family connection to David Crockett. We also have the three originals that are mirror images of the rifle that David's holding for that portrait. So, you know,
1: make that's what you will out of that. <laughs> pretty,
2: that's pretty solid documentation. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing.
2: Yeah. You know, and so how often does a gun maker have an opportunity to have such deep history? on his bench yeah in my opinion that is purely a god thing you 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 cannot invent something like that
1: yeah yeah i just i just have to say like i mean i i am a huge history buff as anybody that's ever been around me knows and that all started with the cheesy davy uh disney davy crockett movies yeah when i was you know six years old and uh and it's stuck with me ever since and yeah. i mean I've, I've moved on to a lot of other periods of history and stuff but i mean crockett was quite a man very very principled yeah yeah and um he is he's somebody that bears studying for any yeah. any american I
2: absolutely think. he had a but, tough life yeah he, he had, had a, a tough really life. tough life. Yeah, he had a, but he he had a stuck, tough childhood.
1: he stuck to his principles. I mean, he wasn't yeah. perfect. He made mistakes. Yeah. But he stuck to his principles yeah. even when it cost him just about everything. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. Well, thanks so much for having us yeah, again. Man. Yeah, man. And um, sharing your story with us and how it intersects with other stories. and Man, this is some really, really good
0: stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I got it stop no we 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 can't we can't, we can't stop, stop, there. stop right now we can't stop right now no 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 um what what do you call yourself as a craftsman oh god oh
2: yeah gunmaker yeah i guess you know a friend of mine says you know greg you, 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 the only way to identify you as an artisan you know because that covers uh, a a broad spectrum i think i i you know and i don't even know about that I mean to make a really high-end gun you know highly embellished and to make everything all the way down to the wood screws you got to be a metallurgist an engraver a wood carver um, you have to be a technician you have to understand ballistics um, you have to you have to be able to well you're a sculptor you know you're sculpting a solid piece of wood into this into this architectural thing that's you know 60 some inches in length yeah that's really hard that's that's hard i, I don't know i don't know I, that's almost an impossible thing to me for me to to answer to put um, a label on yourself yeah <laughs> i i i i i guess you can i can only say it that i'm a very fortunate man to have a blessing by god to be able to stumble onto something that was hiding in me that i had no idea that i was yeah I'm a craftsman, I
1: guess. I gotta tie back into that. Yeah. So you never you never told us like um, you never finished the story. So when when the crockett when the crockett rifle story burst upon you uh, in yeah, a way, yeah, it fell it, in your lap. It did. You were having health issues, yep. your your yep. business was yep. was uh stumbling because of it. Yeah. But so uh personally, like you're back to building some guns. Right. You've built fourteen Crockett Chronicles, right. I think you said. Yeah. So, so uh, tell tell us about that. How did you 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 must have regained the feeling in your hands at some point? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I blame I blame my client for taking me out of retirement. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So uh, yeah. So we uh, we we uh, make this arrangement, and in the process of making that arrangement, I I I, I told her, um, you know. I'm gonna do my best my hand and at that point my I, I had I, I had just had six surgeries on my hands. Wow, yeah and uh, they uh, they had totally given out uh, I, I I had the surgery on my hands. I was just I had just come back and uh, I was right on the verge of saying, okay, I think I need to try to come back in. I can't pass this historic project up. I would, yeah. yeah. My and my wife told me you'd be a, you'd be a <laughs> darn fool. If you, if, you know. And she said you'll hate yourself to your grave if you don't. <laughs> so uh, we made arrangements, and uh, I did the, the first restoration, and, and everything was going really good. And bam, bladder cancer. Yeah yeah I was having these issues, and I was ignoring them and i was in in uh, one one morning i I examined my morning process and said i pat i got I got trouble and uh, so uh, went went to a urologist and uh, or I went to my doctor and my doctor said, You're going to your urologist and sure enough, bladder cancer and uh, uh, Fortunately uh, my urologist was one of the best of when you're on the verge of losing your bladder if anybody's going to save it he's going to be the guy that's going to save it and he did Uh, but I went through 60 treatments two two and a half years plus driving a school bus being a gun maker being an artist being a homeowner husband and, you know, everything in the Crockett Project, um, it was brutal, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, uh, uh, with, with God's help, man, I, I, I made it through it. And, and I've been cancer free for six and a half years now, maybe seven. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wake up, I wake up every morning I start my morning out on the porch with a cup of coffee, and uh, my my night dreams are what's preparing me for the day, and I sit there, and God's spirit ministers to me, and I I write blogs and, and inspirational stuff of, of real life. I, I, I keep it as unreligious as I possibly can, because uh, honestly, I despise religion. I love Jesus. And um, I, I, I I start my day with, with my blogs and I post some of them on Facebook and social media to hopefully be an inspiration to people. And then, you know, then I go in my shop and um, I don't have to, get in that mantra artist, um, um, what do they call it, uh, mood, feel, zen, I just get in my shop and I know I have a task I have to accomplish today because God gave me this gift and and I put my nose to the grindstone and I, you know, I do it, you use it, I, I do it, you know, I, I I'm up early, I'm to bed early, and, and, and I work as hard as my body will let me because I don't want to go to this, I don't want to go to my grave, laying in my deathbed, if that's the way I go, having regrets that I did not accomplish what God put in me. That's my main goal in life. And, you know, when I stand before God, He can say, you know, well, well done, my servant, and, and, and that's, that's, my, that's my vision in life. And many times, people ask me, are you a Christian or, wow, you're, you're a great Christian? And my answer is, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm a Gentile who's been given the gift of eternal life by a Jew who loved me more than he loved himself. I'm not labeled a Christian, a this or a that. I'm just a person that has been given the gift of life and a gift to be a gunmaker and an artist, and I'm doing the best I can to do that. So, amen. That's
0: that's my thing. <laughs> wow, that's 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 wonderful. <sighs> so 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 much of your story has has this theme of of. Um, stewarding this gift that you realized that you had been given yeah um and then in the process you end up starting to lose the ability for it yeah um how how did how how did that work in in your life of of um like what what was that personal journey and 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 the reason that i bring this up i hate to Mm -hmm. i hate to to like ask a question and, and then make a statement but sorry um like I, I know other artisans, personally, um, who, like one one's a chef, um, who has been blessed with an incredible ability for taste, who has lost her taste, mm-hmm. um, and it's and you know working on that, mm-hmm. you know praying for that, and mm-hmm. working on that, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name That's of right. the Lord. Um, right. And then and then someone else who's a who's a brilliant um illustrator who whose hands shake and he can't do it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um so what there's it, it's it's so intriguing to me that the Lord does at times give these incredible abilities to 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 people and and then he pulls back from it somehow. Like what yeah. what, what what did you learn in that journey? Cuz that was that's an a uh, that 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 was quite an adventure, yeah, uh, so all of those statements to 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 qualify a question <laughs> <laughs> of, let's go deeper in that adventure and you got journey. any tissues <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, man yeah um i I'll make it as short as I can it starts from it starts from childhood um a train wreck of a child. I, I, I was a train wreck. Um, life was not easy as a child. Later on in, in, in later childhood, my dyslexia was just brutal. Um, all, the way, all the way through up until hands giving out in bladder cancer, life for me was always an uphill grind always even even in the best of my times in my inner man and in my outer person but in my inner man it was just an uphill grind daily and every every simple glimmer of hope and light in my personal life my my professional life my artistic life all those little glimmers have always been Thank you, you know. Thank you. And and along the way, there's always been where they've always been taken away, and I almost got used to it. You know, it was like that was that was part of God's plan for my life. Um, and when the hands gave out and the bladder cancer hit me, yeah, I had some I had some really down times but I would never give up sitting in my quiet time, thanking God for that, for the cancer, for the hands, for the struggles, for the dyslexia. Um, One pivotal moment in deep depression, asking God, why? And as I said that word, why, I literally heard a voice, because I love you. And I turned and there was no one there, but that voice was as clear as a bell, because I loved you. All of those struggles was to forge me into the person I am today, the good, the bad and the ugly and that's how I dealt deal dealt with and deal today because after you leave there's no telling what's going to occur in my life and I'm going to be as thankful for that as I am for the good
1: and all things give thanks and
2: all things give thanks this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it really are you? Yeah, I am.
1: Yeah. Amen. Where are the tissues? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Lord. It's like, how, do, how do we ask any more questions beyond that yeah. uh, now? I just keep yeah. thinking, I don't yeah. know how you're going to top this, Bo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, thank you. So, so, thank so, yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge blessing.
2: We're, that's what we all need to do with our lives, our all of our lives are intertwined with other people's lives that six degrees of separation is real yeah it's real and and we have way more influence on people than we can imagine and even the bad influences that we have been on people that is forging their life even the worst of things that i have done in life that i'm so embarrassed that i did you know, I can't erase that videotape that runs in my head. That you know is showing that 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 giant screen of that horrible thing that I did in life, embarrassing. But that's what forged me into being what I am today.
1: Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Yeah, to you know, not great people to yeah. boot, and he couldn't even bring himself to be angry at right. them. Right. And he hugged their necks and right. told them you know what you meant for evil yeah what god meant for good yeah
2: and, and can you imagine the times that they laid in their bed yeah. having to deal with the guilt but if that never
1: occurred and over and over again never, when he was in power they were afraid that he was gonna yeah. you know have his vengeance on wow. them
2: yeah right
1: so you know yeah it's all yeah. good it's all good
2: you yeah. know all, all, all that, you know. Uh, Everything that is 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 all good in 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 God's realm. It's hard for us as humans to understand that because there's some awful things in humanity, yeah. in life of all forms, human,
1: animal, creatures.
2: You know, we all. It's, but if it,
1: you can't, if you can't, uh, if, if if you can't believe in faith that God is good and that overarches everything, then yeah. What do you have to hang on to? I know.
2: No, no,
1: but man, that that thread of thankfulness, yeah. gratefulness is just mm-hmm. yeah. so important. <sighs> man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, s- switching gears. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> entirely. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, good. it's all good. Um, not to not to make light of 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 of, of anything, but um, going back to how the guns are made. Yeah. What. Were some of the processes that you had to learn and overcome, and and um, uh, the challenges that oh, that yeah. you faced, because yeah. there there are so many intricacies, as you were explaining earlier. How did you learn any of that?
2: Yeah, yeah. My father asked me that uh, before. Uh, I had five years with my ba- with my dad with a real relationship before he died, but we were in the shop. That's why I have that little memorial on the door because he would he would come for five years. He and I finally had a relationship with each other. He would come and he would help me make ramrods. So his, his, he was old ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Old hickory. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. That was it. that was his handle. But, it, but one day when we were out there, he, he, he was, uh, because he he really didn't know who I was. Uh, actually, I mean, we, we did, but we didn't. Uh, he sat there and he says, how did you learn all of this? Who taught you all of this? And I said, you know, Dad, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I, 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 I knew there was, there was elements that I had to learn, so I would, and when I first started, there wasn't the Internet. You know, we didn't have the Internet. Um, I'd, I'd have to go to the library or something or, or, or at friendship, buy a book, you know, and, and uh, I learned more by looking at the at pictures. When I was a little kid, when I'd go to the bookstore and read comic books, I never read the text because I couldn't read. <laughs> I just yeah. looked at pictures, right. you know, that's all I could do, seriously. And, and, and even in late adulthood, I could barely read. I would have to look at pictures. Um, and, and so I would look at a picture and I w- I could see how it was made and I would read enough because it was painful to read, but I would read enough to get the technical understanding and go, oh, and it was like a light bulb would turn on. And I'd go, really? And so I would go out in my shop and I would take the piece of steel and I would I would visualize what I saw in the picture and, and what little reading I did. And I would just let. Uh, um, um, uh, failure be my teacher and uh, you know I would do one and fail and the second one I would, it, would, it would turn out and I would go oh okay now I understand um, and you know making springs or making sears and doing heat treating and hardening and tempering and, and uh, you know I still have a struggle with, with, with the numbers of the type of steels. You know, but you know, once I, you know, once I figure out what steel to use, uh, I can't remember the numbers, so I gotta put it on the wall in magic marker so I can remember, um, and so it, it just, it, it, I don't, I don't know how to really answer that. I just trial and error.
0: Yeah. Just perseverance and faithfulness.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I feel like I've seen a lot of people in, you know, starting out in blacksmithing, for instance, um, think it's going to be easier. The, and this was me. And the honest truth is, you know, the first time I tried it, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and I didn't pick it up again for three or four years.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Tried it once. Yeah. You know, and because I, I don't have you know a lot of perseverance in my character but um but anyway and and i think that happens to a lot of people and that's and and i'm really bummed now if i let myself be that way um about the time that i lost right because i didn't persevere i didn't stick to it yeah and um so, yeah, speak to that a little bit, like, yeah, can't you know, le- yeah. learning from the failures and moving forward and all like that.
2: Yeah, I worked with, I worked with a carpenter in a, a little town, and uh, we had this project to do, and I was getting paid next to nothing. But um, he saw something in me, and he says, here's some stuff. I want you to do that. I want you to build this. I said, Oli, I don't know how to do that. He says, no, you don't, because you've never done it before. (laughs) Of course you don't. He says, but I'm going to teach you not to be afraid to fail. Because once you fail, if you have some determination, you're going to succeed. So there's the stuff. This is what I want you to make. I don't care what it looks like. Okay. And for some reason, that. Was that aha moment with me, and from that point on, I decided that I was not going to be afraid, no matter what the task was. And so when I started in the gun making thing, and that and uh, that was one of my, one of the things with my father is I was work I was building this rifle. I had nearly a thousand dollar piece of wood, and uh, I was just getting started on it. And my dad says, hold hold, hold on, Greg, aren't you just terrified to cut into that piece of wood? That's a thousand dollar piece of wood. I said, dad, I can't let fear make me stop from doing what I want to achieve. No, I am not afraid. And, you know, I've always been able to push that fear away, even though I do. Don't know how to do it, I'm not going to be afraid. Now, I wouldn't use a thousand dollar piece of wood on my first gun, right? You know, but there's as, a difference but, but between but being afraid and being practical, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> stupid. You know, we all got a saddlebag It's stupid. You know, we don't want to reach in the saddlebag of stupid and, and, and you know, take a thousand dollar for the first gun. No, you'll never finish it, you'll never finish it, you know. But anyway. Uh, You just can't be afraid and uh, determined not to be afraid and, uh, you know, metallurgy, you know, the first time making a a spring, um, of course it failed, you know, snapped like a piece of glass. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but after the first one, you know, the second one didn't snap quite so soon, you know, and then the third one, and by the time you make a fourth one and you pay attention to what you're doing, and and you sear that in your brain of how what the process is and push fear side, you know, then, you know, making a spring is no big deal. You know, to the average person it's rocket science. But once you've done it, it's you know, like
1: riding a bicycle. So Okay, so I just have to ask. Yep. Satisfy my own curiosity. Yep. You've preached to us about not being afraid right. of failure And right. learning from failure. Right. What is the Most expensive or biggest, you know, most expensive in money or time failure you've ever had in in, uh, gun making or related craft?
0: Failure?
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to be a mistake, but just a failure. (laughs)
0: And, and and this is coming from the perspective at least I assume putting words in Jordan's mouth that this is this is more about a a a lesson of encouragement right yeah work. so right, right, so it's yeah, like right,
1: right. you know right i've
2: i've n- never failed in a gun i i i've never had a failure in building a gun the only failure I've had in building a gun but it wasn't a failure it was just you know something that you know a spring that broke that I had to remake and that was the $75,000 gun that won in Reno
1: better for Uh, it to uh, break while you had it yeah right right exactly (laughs) but but
2: I've never I've never had a I've never had a I've never had a a failure that
1: that was really huge or costly no yeah I haven't yeah I'm no. a slow learner. I've I uh, just finished a um, a cleaver, a meat cleaver, and the, the
2: metal handle. Yeah, yeah,
1: I loved that. And uh, thank you. And um, don't tell me it broke when you. <laughs> n- no, no, but I had one. I had one the previous try. Oh yeah. I got it. I got all the forging done and went to heat treat and cracked the blade and heat treat.
2: You just refreshed my memory. (laughs) It was the Crockett project. It was a Crockett project making the uh, A two steel uh, duplicate hammer for the conversion to percussion that I was going to drive drive into the the steel to make the impression, the swedge, swedge. and. uh i spent hours and hours and hours making it just perfect and my first hit it broke in three
3: places (laughs) and i and i had to
2: remake it yeah yeah Yeah. but that way i mean that wasn't you know
1: i've had i've had days and, and like i said i'm a i'm a slow learner i'm convinced but i've had days and days and days worth of work in blacksmithing you know just um be lost in a sense because you know i worked on this project for three days and then ruined it yeah I had to start over completely yeah. you know and i've had that happen multiple times yeah. and um and I, and I say that just to encourage other people like the the only perspective i've a have been able to have is you know I've just, i just always remind myself that i learned right i learned something Right. And, right and this is this is part of my education and my training right and so it's not a complete loss right it's That's, a failure right but it's not a loss in the grand sum of things you right. know
2: so now, now I would say a failure like an, uh, the biggest failure I've had let's let's say it would be in gun making you, you finish a, a gun and you go out and test fire it, and the barrel splits at the muzzle or the yeah. wrist of the stock breaks, uh, breaks, or something like. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be a that'd be a horrible failure, you know. Yeah. But I've never had anything like that. Yeah. Now I did have a wrist on a on a stock that broke uh, that I built for a guy, um, but that was his fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dropped it or something. yeah, right.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so
2: yeah. yeah. Um,
0: how how did you do that? It Just completely change careers and find your Scared. your 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 your, your purpose in life. Scared to death, man. Really? Yeah, just terrified. Do you have any advice to those that uh, that that have uh, that hate some some things, hate their jobs, and, and really have gut. something they love, and
1: yeah. they just. Haven't made the leap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's
2: that's they're, they're so thi- common. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of of people that 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 are in that rock between hard place situation in life. Yeah. Some of them have a spouse that's totally supporting. Some of them don't. Yeah. You know, some of them have family members that are, are aren't supporting, but some of them do, and. I mean, that's where we were. I, well, I, I, I have to kind of say we were kind of forced into it because we had a we had a position on a on a very very nice estate with you know ten years under our belts. That we thought we had we had a position for life,
1: and it evaporated. And it
2: evaporated in a heartbeat. You know, fortunately, I was in the transition of building myself into a trade that I had no idea that I had. Now, when we left the farm, my wife was petrified. I was scared. I wasn't petrified, but my wife was petrified, and we ended up in a situation where we went from riches to rags, and we were kind of forced into that. And. And uh, of course, you know, my wife was saying, Greg, we can't live on this income. You're gonna have to figure out some other way to make up for what you're not making in the gun business Was I was making no money, you know. Um, and so I had to take on all kinds of other work and work three, four jobs, you know, a day, you know, but... Uh, Not everybody's, not everybody succeeds in that. You know, there's no guarantee. You know, we have have the right and freedom to pursue happiness and success, but we don't have a guarantee. And you know, some do, some don't. Um, And some people would look at my life and say, I haven't been successful either because I don't have a million dollars in the bank. But you know, it's all a matter of what success is. You know, it's a matter of making a living. You know my wife would have certainly and my kids would have certainly wished i had made a better living Um, but now that we are where we are
0: where we are
2: it's all good
0: yeah there's that gratefulness coming through again (laughs) yeah i just can't escape it (laughs) yeah
2: yeah some people are bitter some people are pissed off every day all day all the time never find peace never find it wouldn't matter what they do, you know. It wouldn't matter if they had ten million dollars or two cents. You know, they're just always... Anger is just always part of who they are. But that's all good too because in the end, you know, it's all a good thing. Um, so... They have a purpose. Did I answer your question? <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, we're just trying to get you to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh, at, at At what point did you feel like you could finally admit that you were um, a gun maker? Yeah. It, does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Oh, say, okay. Yeah. Okay. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. My wife got onto me. Yeah. Still oh, gets
1: yeah. onto me because I'm like, people People, you know, bring up the fact that they think I'm a blacksmith, and I'm like, I'm not really a black. I'm not a real blacksmith. But now that I make my living at it, I can't really... Can't really say anything else. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, 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 yeah, and, 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 and maybe maybe a little bit of, of, of qualification for that question is that Jordan and I have had this conversation of, of when he finally got to a point where he could call himself a blacksmith and me finally reaching a point where I could call myself a filmmaker. Sure. And and so for, for you, you know, in the middle of life, learning this trade, at what point could you actually finally say that you were this? Yeah.
2: Whether I was real, I mean, you know, what I, I don't know how you even answer, you know, that you're a gun maker. Does that mean you're making guns and making $500,000 a year? Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it you're making guns and some of the finest guns in the world and you're making $10 a year? You know, um, it, it's a matter of what you can live with that that cements in your in your own soul whether you are that or not. Friendship Indiana, uh, uh, a well-known uh, gun maker uh, when I was first starting came to me and, and, and said, you know you're not really a gun maker <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. and, and, and I said, what do you mean? He says you're not a gun maker he says' you're just you're just hack- you're, you're just hacking stuff together. He says, when when you can when you, and he showed me a picture of a totally handmade gun that was an, an old gun from some master. He says, he he says, when you can do that, you can tell you you can say you're a gun maker. I said, you mean I have to be able I have to make everything? Like screws, springs, everything? And he says, that's right. He says, you're just a, a gun hacker. So <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> So I, I went home, and uh, I, I, I took to heart what he said, and, and he was probably correct. Because I was just starting. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And, uh, yeah, at that time, he was right. I, I was a gun hacker. But, oh, <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. So, so I came home, and sorry about that thing that's on there i made that from scratch wow lock screws springs wood screws the only thing i didn't make was the barrel
1: and but you dolled it up enough to call it your own
2: so i made everything on i made the trigger guard the trigger all the internal components the internal components the lock i designed the lock i did all the heat treat everything carving engraving every everything and uh, next that next that next uh, that next okay. <laughs> look at well. that, that next, uh, the next event I brought that in and I walked up to the guy he was at his booth and I says hey you got a minute he kind of <laughs> <laughs> and I, I presented that to him he said where'd you get that he says dang where did you get that said, so I made it. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I it. So, okay. so so but, so you know, at that point, at that point, for a while, I was convinced within me I was a gunmaker. I was a good, I was a good gunmaker. And as time goes long, you know, as artist, as craftsman, you know, you, you you have you have disbelief in in yourself. And
1: sometimes your standards change, yeah, right? Yes. Different benchmarks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so the Crockett Project is, even though the Crockett Project isn't a very highly embellished gun, however, the ability to understand how to do the restoration on such a historic piece, that really did cement me as being uh, who I am today, even though I went to Reno and won a prestigious award with some among the best in the, of the best. Uh, the Crockett Project really sensed the deal that, you know, God saw confidence in me to let this land in my lap at this time in my life, and it's it's the most significant thing in arms collecting. And He chose that I was reliable, wow. or He He saw I was reliable, or He made me reliable. However you want to look at it, you know. So
0: mm. this, um, by by the way, um, we we. Uh, shoot a a portrait of the person or take 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 a photo of of the person that we're interviewing um and we'll try to make sure that okay this is in the photo okay we'll do that yeah yeah sure uh, we'll do that yeah this is the gun he's holding in the photo um and one of the most significant things out outside of the fact that this is just gorgeous and exquisite and
2: and it's a shooter too
0: (laughs) and it and it works (laughs) that's cool uh that's always a plus but then there's this, there's this hand-inscribed inscription on the top that says, To Jesus Christ be the glory. Yes. Amen.
2: Yes. I, everything I do, uh, I, I noticed on a lot of early guns, some guns were engraved, God be the glory, and a lot of craftsmen used the term to God be the glory. And I knew that God had given me this gift, and so I was determined that... In our world today, anything can be God, you know, a rock, a frog, a toad, you know, or whatever, you know, and, and so I was gonna be very specific. And so everything I do, somewhere, either gets the words to Jesus Christ be the glory or the, the, uh, the first initial of each word, somewhere. Some clients, you know, I'm careful how I do it. Others, I'm bold and upfront, you know. Depending on who they are, what their,
3: you know,
0: thing is. So I love it. So to I, to, to to wrap up a bit. Wait. Oh, was no, I no. Go ahead, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, okay, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Um, <laughs> where Where can we find out more about you? Are you online? I just media? go you
2: Google my name and rifle maker, and mm-hmm. you'll find all
1: kinds of stuff.
0: And yeah, okay. you mentioned you have a blog.
2: Yeah, on my website. I got a blog. Okay. I do my inspirational
1: stuff. And what is your website called? Uh, CrockettLongRifle.com. Crockett Long Long Rifle. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. i you know, I've, I've been, I've, I've had several uh, cable networks, film, yeah, um, a lot of print media. Uh, so there's been a lot of PR, and and so I work, I work the social media thing to, you know, keep
0: that generated. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, um, definitely want to want to make mention that uh, we. Uh, right before this interview we recorded a tour of your shop so go check that out on youtube very
1: good well once again <laughs> thank you very much this has
2: been a blast it man. has been yeah no has pun been. intended it's been a, it's been a serious
1: <laughs> blessing too yeah
2: thank you thank you thank, same, same for me
0: if you'd like to help us in this venture support Axon and anvil on patreon where you'll also get early access and exclusive content Follow our journey on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Axe and Anvil.